Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that friendly HR analytics dashboard, helping all you HR leaders out there get rid of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of HR reporting. That's right. We know you all want to get a data-driven view across your entire employee life cycle, but you're pulling messy, crappy spreadsheets from all these different HR systems trying to figure out what is going on with my workforce and always scratching your head thinking there has to be a much easier and faster way. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle. We have all these pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there, your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, all these different systems to be able to pull in all your data into one real-time HR analytics dashboard, allowing you to have a source of truth to view, share, track, analyze all your HR data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. Would love to get a demo to show you how we can automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest who is doing their very first podcast. So please help me welcome to the show, Alex Gennetti. She's the head of people at Enable. And today we're going to talk about the moments that matter during onboarding. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Alex, welcome. And my favorite topic too. How'd you know? (laughs) So, Alex, we're going to kick this thing off by asking the question that we always start off with, which is, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Oh, well, I I love that question. And this is one of my my favorite stories to tell. I actually, um, way back in the day, started my tech career in sales. I was a BDR turned closing account executive and really quickly, as in seven to 10 months, figured out that I hated losing more than I liked winning. And no matter what, any of the deals I closed, the ops I booked, hitting quota, that didn't matter if there was a couple out there lingering that I could have gotten, but I didn't. Those, That's what stuck with me. And so I was working for a startup that decided to relocate their business, their sales unit, excuse me, to Scottsdale, Arizona. And they said, come with us, you know, help us build this, this sales team in Scottsdale or take this, this, this package and leave. It wasn't my favorite job. I wasn't really jazzed about it. So I, I decided to part ways with the business at that time. Um, and I was actually looking for other jobs uh, in sales. I didn't know what else to do. I was young and I knew I wanted to be in the tech space. And I loved San Francisco. That's where I was at the time. So I still am. Um, and I was just bopping around looking for other sales roles. And I happened to accidentally meet a fantastic woman who happened to be the chief people officer of a company called Livongo Health. She was looking for an assistant. And she and I just really connected. And I thought, huh, I'm going to give this HR thing a try. Ended up working for her for um, almost two years at Livongo, and she's still a really fantastic mentor to me today. Um, and yeah, it's kind of uh, accidentally stumbled stumbled my way into people because I didn't enjoy sales. That's awesome, and we appreciate that origin story. So before we get into the topic around the moments that matter in onboarding, I first would like to hear, in your own words, what is the onboarding process, and why is it so important to get right? So for me, the onboarding process starts as soon as an offer is extended to a candidate. The second that we open up our doors and we say, we want you to work here. Do you want to work here as well? So effectively, we pick you. Do you pick us? 
that's when onboarding starts. So the way that that offer is delivered, the way that their background check is executed, the way that everything is presented to them, hopefully with a nice pretty bow on it saying, look, look how green this grass is over here. That's when onboarding starts. And that's the first moment that matters is what does that offer look like? Who's giving it? How is it delivered? And hopefully what is the outcome of that, which is, yes, I want to work for Enable. I'm excited. Take me to this greener grass. I can't wait to see it. Got it. I like that. And so as we think about these moments, before we dig in, before we dig into all the very specific moments that matter, how should you think about your overall onboarding strategy? You know, as HR is always trying to show ROI, show the value of the efforts that HR is putting forth, and ultimately strategically align the efforts of HR to the business to impact it in a better way so that you have better workforce, more revenue, all the things that every company wants. How do you strategically align the onboarding process to make sure that you are creating the most impact for the overall business? Mm, Absolutely. Of course, at the end of the day, the goal of a really stellar onboarding program is to make sure that our employees are onboard and ramped as fast as possible. We want our account executives, we want our engineers able to code, able to sell, able to return that investment to enable as fast as possible. So that's obviously where our goals align with the rest of the business. How we get there, though, I think Enable's taken a pretty unique approach. I think most folks who are probably listening to this podcast are familiar with the four C's of of onboarding, compliance, clarification, culture, and connection. So we've wove all those into our Enable You onboarding program. I can talk about that in just a second. We've branded it to be kind of a play on the word university, but it's Enable You, I-O-U. Um, we've woven those four C's into every moment within that onboarding program, but the outcome for us are measurables are making sure that our teammates, excuse me, our new enablees know that they know what's expected of them throughout their onboarding process. They know where they stand throughout that onboarding process. And they know that someone cares about them throughout that onboarding process. Because if they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, if they can't log into their email, if they don't have the means to do their job and know what that job is, that's a bad experience and they're not going to ramp as quickly as they should. If they don't know where they stand, if they don't know if they're doing what they're supposed to do, if someone's not giving them confirmation or any sort of recognition or praise or even developmental feedback at that stage, then they're not going to grow and be successful here. And if they don't think that someone at the business cares about them or that that they know someone here is incentivized to make sure that they are successful, they're not going to feel connected. So we've taken those four C's and we've tried to find the anchors for each one of those. And those are expectations, stance, and knowing that someone cares about you. And we've tried to weave those three key things into those four C's to make sure that someone's, you know, first 30, 60, and eventually 90 days here at Enable are as impactful and, you know, quick as possible. I love that. So now I would like to dig into the actual, let's call them the magic moments during the onboarding process. We mentioned the first one already around the offer. And so through that great framework that you just shared, Can you provide some details into how do you make sure that the first moment that you're defining as the offer is optimized with all of those variables and things that you just mentioned? What does that look like? So we have a really big and fantastic talent team here at Enable. We are people and then talent. So the talent team grabs as many amazing enablers as they can, and the, the people team is in charge of keeping them, right? So as soon as our talent team raises their hand, they say, we've got a great person. We want to bring them on. People team, please, please help us roll out the red carpet. My team taps in and we generate the offer. 
the, the recruiter who's assigned will deliver that offer. And then my team sends that offer out with a candidate brochure, with all of our benefit information, with anything that someone could possibly have a question on. We try to front load them with all that information and we make ourselves available for that person. If they want to hop on a call, if they want to hop on four calls, we'll do whatever we need to, to make sure that they feel really, really comfortable making that decision to leave somewhere they may be comfortable now and making that leap to that what they think hopefully is true is the, the greener grass across the fence at Enable. So making sure that we are opening ourselves up for that connection, saying, hey, we get it. This is a huge deal. Here's the offer. We're here for you. If you have any questions, let us know. Uh, I might be getting ahead of myself here because that second moment that matters the most is when they're resigning from their current post. A lot of people get cold feet. They're getting a little bit nervous. Their current company might counter offer. So that second moment too is kind of folded into that first one where, okay, we've got the offer. Great. Awesome. They're signing. They're starting in three weeks. Um, but what happens when they quit their current job? Do we send them a swag kit? Do we keep in touch with them via email? Are we making sure that their manager, their managers and their peers are, are reaching out to keep them really warm, ensure that connection is really, really, really solid? Because if we're not, that's a missed moment that we could have capitalized on that could result in a pulled offer. That is really interesting. So almost... It almost sounds like you're bringing some of your experience from your sales background where you talk to a customer, they say they're going to move forward, they say send us the agreement, <laughs> they say send us the invoice, and then they don't sign, or maybe they sign and then they don't pay, and their existing vendor says, oh, no, but we can throw in these extra modules, or no, we can discount the price, and then they're like, ah, you know what, Alex, thanks, but no thanks, sorry, but not sorry. And so you're saying that the same thing can happen with a candidate where candidate says, yes, I'm super excited, can't wait to be an enabley, love your company, love your culture. And then they go to resign, but then they don't. Oh, it happens. To, to quote our fearless sales leader, Jerry Bruner, time kills all deals. And so the, the lead time between the day that you sign an offer versus when you can actually have, you know, a, a rear and a seat can be up to three to four months. And so how do, how do we keep that person really warm and engaged and feel connected with our culture so that they do have, you know, the gusto to finally make that resignation decision and not get too afraid to make that big life change? Because especially when you start to hire a little bit more, you know, senior people, when you're looking to fill up your, your C-suite or your, or your leadership team, families come along with that as well. And so how do you, how do you ensure that those who are helping this person make that decision are involved and feel included and know that there's a space for, for, for them here too? It's certainly a sales process. To keep this parallel going between the customer buyer journey and the employee hiring journey, in the way that you're always trying to compress the sales cycle, are there ways and methods to be able to compress the hiring cycle so that you don't have that time that's killing the deal? Hiring, absolutely. Uh, we, we track our time to hire metrics really, really quickly. Um, but there's also a component of the candidate experience where you don't want someone to feel like they're just being rushed through this process so that we can get to a binary answer. I would say from a people perspective, where it would be best to optimize would be that yes to desk phase. Uh, so moments one, two, and three, we'll get to three here in a second. We, we, we call that phase the yes to desk. So from the second that they say yes to the moment that they're at their desk, they're in phase one, they're in yes to desk. Um, and that is where we found that we can really speed up the process. We started a pre-onboarding process where we're sending not, you know, meticulous or, or admin heavy tasks, but we're sending them articles. We're sending them handbooks to review just to get them kind of excited and a little bit more up to speed than they would otherwise if they were just to jump in cold. Enable is a complex tool. We sell to really, you know, 
big and complex businesses. And so getting someone the tools to succeed here before day one, we found has really helped speed up that that onboarding process to race towards ROI versus getting to day 90. And you're like, oh yeah, I think I know how to sell this. Or I think I know which tools we're using for this build, but I'm not sure. So arming them with information before they even get here, we found has been the best way to speed up that process. That's awesome. And just to dig in further there, what does that look like? Is that you signing them up on systems so they already have logins? Is that you giving them information about your industry? Is it information about their role? Is it information about the specific company? What is What does that look like? Yeah, so it's pretty much everything but logins. We take our security here really, really seriously. And so we don't let anyone have access until day one. The first thing someone does on day one is they meet with our amazing IT team and they're given kind of an, an overview of what tools we use and how we use them and who to go to for what. And then the people team steps in and gives them the life at enable presentation slash tour, depending on where they are. Um, but to make sure that we're arming them up front, our enable you program is uh, basically a way to make sure everyone's onboarded with the same information together. So they're getting information before they start on the business, on our competitors, on what it's like to be in Enably, what their benefits are, what their schedule will be for their first few weeks. And then this is still in its infancy for other departments, but our sales department has an amazing enablement team. And they have a two-week boot camp starting day one from a sales employee's first day. And if you're in sales specifically at Enable, you're getting handbooks, you're getting just content to read, a lot of information about our competitors that are in these beautifully branded, awesome workbooks that we're not asking anyone to do any work on because you know we definitely don't want to rub someone the wrong way by saying, hey, you, you haven't started yet, do all this work. Um, but it's more informational. So to get them excited, to keep them excited, we'll send them pictures of events we've had recently just to kind of keep that, keep that connection piece going so that they do feel connected to our culture before they start. Um, we find incentivizes employees even more to be in that desk from the day that they say yes. I love that. And so after yes to desk, once this person starts and they've been through all of the boot camp and the schedule and the events, the pre-onboarding, and now it's day one, what's the next magic moment of onboarding to get right? So the third moment is that first day. And so we think that the most influential factor in that first day of someone's time here at Enable is their manager. So we've spun up a manager training for what it means to be a hiring, hiring manager here at Enable. And we do keep our managers to a really high bar in general, but the bar is even higher when it comes to their people. Um, we ask them to take them to lunch on their first day, whether it be virtual or non. Um, we ask them to figure out some sort of way for them to meet as often as they can, regardless of what time zone they're in. So if that means, you know, tapping other people from their teams, um, maybe sacrificing your 6 to 7 p.m. hours to make sure that if you hired someone in Sydney and you're in San Francisco or vice versa, you make sure you give that person that, that, that face time. Um, but we do a lot of small things on, on the back end that we think make just as big of an impact. Um, every time someone starts at Enable, we ask our managers to fill out a form for the marketing team. The marketing team blasts LinkedIn with excitement about how this person joined on this day. We ask our managers to send out a company-wide email with a fun picture and a blurb about that person and encourage them all to welcome th that individual on their first day. We give them endless amounts of swag. I know it sounds so silly, but swag goes so, 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 so far. Walking out of your first day at a new business in a branded coat just adds kind of like a chip on your shoulder. Like, yeah, I'm part of this team now. I feel connected. I'm, I'm in the group that we found makes a really, really big difference. And then taking that person through their onboarding plan so that they walk into day one, 
knowing, or excuse me, they walk away from day one knowing exactly what they're going to be doing for the next 90 days. Startups are a little scary for a lot of people, you know, coming from, from a business like Workday where everything was super structured. I knew what my next six months were going to be. There's a lot of job security. I knew that, you know, some crazy economic rush wasn't, wasn't going to happen and my job was still secure. Joining a Series B startup specifically, just just like Enable is, can be really scary for a lot, especially if this is your first startup ever. So giving them any kind of stability we can, like understanding what their first 90 days look, look like in a brand new business that they've never maybe even heard of before, um, that's a really, really important piece too, to make sure that they feel secure and that they know that the connections that they're making will um, eventually help them even past day 90. This is awesome. You know, I could talk to you about this all day, Alex, but I want to ask you one last question. And I always try to think, what would an HR leader, if, if they had a box where they could say, hey, Bruce, make sure you ask this question. I always try to think, what would that question be? And what keeps coming to mind is, where do people typically mess up in onboarding? So this, I love this question. This seems like such a silly little thing, but to give just a little bit of context, I this is I don't know, my fifth or sixth startup. And I joined Enable when it was at about 120-ish people, which is the biggest startup I've ever had the privilege of coming into. I've usually joined a little bit earlier. And as a result of that, I've never had the luxury of having a full-fledged IT team when I joined a business. I'm very used to having to be the people IT, the people ops people, where you're making sure someone can get into their email, you're making sure they have the right computer, you're making sure that their Slack or their team's account is working just fine, that they're in all the right channels. Um, and where I've seen onboarding really go off the rails the most is actually with people tech. So I'm going to praise our IT, our IT team here for a second. We have an amazing IT department who can build a profile in, in seconds for someone to make sure that as soon as they open up their computer, they have access they have the right passwords. They know where to store them. They know who to, who to go to for what. At smaller companies, that isn't a luxury you always have. And so where I've seen onboarding go wrong really, really poorly is, you know, someone's computer didn't get to them on time and they were a remote hire. What do they do? Uh, someone can't log into their Zoom on their first day and they missed their first two calls. That's a crappy feeling. So the actual tech that goes behind people is so, so, so important because I can't influence culture, connection, or even ensure that they're compliant with anything if they can't get up and running and do what they need to do from a really bare bones perspective. So my, one of our favorite and biggest stakeholders and partners here at Enable is our IT team. We work so closely with them because we know that if they need anything, we are ready to jump up and say, hey, we're here for help. Because if anything goes wrong in this piece of the process, nothing can stand up in, in hours. So people tech is so important. That was such an awesome answer to the last question of this interview. Alex, it's been a treat and honor to talk with you. And you know, my heart is smiling with joy because I was able to bring you into the podcast world as your first interview. So, so excited and honored to do that as well. But thank you so much for being such an awesome podcast guest and for helping to uplift the HR community, especially around such an important topic like onboarding because we're dealing with the great resignation or the loss of talent or whatever you want to call it, talent war. A lot of companies are losing people at a fast clip. So onboarding is mission critical. But with that being said, thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. We really appreciate you and your time. Woo! Oh, Alex! So fun. So Alex, where can people find you and Enable online? Enable.com. Come, come hit us up. Check us out on Glassdoor. Check us out on Indeed. We have a lot of open positions. If you're interested in joining a really fast-growing rocket ship of a startup, you know, we're it. Come come be an enabling. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that info in the show notes. 
So for everyone that enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Google reviews or wherever you want to leave a review. Even if you just want to put a sticky note on your computer that says, hey, I love the Employee Cycle Podcast, we'll take that too. Also, if this is your very first time listening to the Employee Cycle Podcast and you either came here because you just knew that the topic was very compelling and you had to hear it, or you're already a huge super fan of Alex and you just had to hear what she was going to say, but now you want to listen to more episodes, well, subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.